Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 387. And today, we're going to talk about one of the hottest topics out there. Well, one of them anyway, and that is sponsored product ads, pay-per-click, keyword ranking, mistakes to avoid. And I'm going to be talking with my good friend, Mr. Jeff Cohen, because he's immersed himself into this sponsored product ads world since his team and his company has uh, created this tool called Ignite. So they know a lot about what people are getting hung up on and some of these mistakes to avoid. And that's why I want to have him back on. And I just love chatting with Jeff. And you're going to hear in this conversation that I had with him that we went on a little bit of uh, a rant here and there. And they're good rants, by the way, because uh, he's a lot like me. I really feel strongly about certain areas of business, and in this case, we're talking about pay-per-click, so there's some deep discussions that we go into, and even some ranking factors, and our thoughts on whether Amazon gives extra love for spending money, a little bit of a debate there we could have, not just Jeff and I, but I think anyone would agree on that, but I'm not going to take up too much time here on the intro, because I want you guys to listen, and we did go on for a little bit longer than I wanted to, but I didn't want to stop just because of a timer. I wanted to give you the value as we were as we were recording this. So if you guys want the show notes to this episode, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 387. And then I'm also going to link up the resource for sponsor product ads that we did with myself, uh, Chris Schaefer, and with Jeff. And uh, you can go through that training for free over at theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC, and you can grab all of those goodies over there and really just take your time going through this, understanding the setup, the structure, and really what goes into a successful Amazon sponsored product ads campaign. And also, you're going to hear me talk a lot about this, what it's like to launch using sponsored product ads. So lots of different things we talk about. I also need to let you know that I kind of screwed up with the audio. Yep my fault. So I'm just going to prepare you for my quality. Uh, I came off of a little uh, mini vacation, forgot to turn my settings back on my uh, on my Skype microphone connection there, and uh, I recorded through the internal microphone. So that's a total no-no for a podcaster, by the way, but didn't realize it until after the fact. It's a great episode. I didn't want to just scrap it because of the audio. The audio is good enough to listen to, but it's not my typical audio quality. So again, my, my bad. All right. So anyway, guys, I'm going to stop talking so you guys can listen to this conversation that I had with my good friend, Mr. Jeff Cohen. Enjoy. Well, hey, Jeff, welcome back to the podcast, man. How are things going? Things are going great, Scott. Thanks for asking and thanks for having me back on. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think the last time I had you on was before we actually physically met in person. Am I wrong on that? Uh, well, we had met last year. Well, that's that. Uh, that that's yeah. true. But, but I, I think we actually sat down and had a beer this time. We did. We did. We were okay. able to, uh, I think we had not only a beer, but we were able to, uh, to go deep in some podcasting with some... Uh, with some friends I was able to introduce you to. And it was kind of a, a fun time at a, at a, at a, at a show, right? Because yeah, uh, we had somebody on who was kind of an original podcaster, not on at the bar with us, who was kind of an original podcaster. Um, and so we were able to kind of dig deep into how it used to be versus how it yeah. is now. Well, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? I mean, 
you know, we can talk about Google and what they did years ago and what, you know, all their constant changes. Now it just happens to be Amazon is kind of like that, that same thing, podcasting, um, how that's grown. And actually it's funny, a little short story here for you. Um, I actually spoke to, uh, and the guy that you're talking about, JB, I talked to him yesterday actually, and, um, just to talk, catch up and, uh, we, we really hit it off. And, uh, you know, he's just a great guy. He's been in the space a long time. He's, he's a great uh, mentor for a lot of different people in, you know, just mindset and just motivation, all that stuff. I'm actually going to have him on the podcast here soon. So oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited um, that you introduced me to him. And again, anyone listening right now, that's how things happen. Like we were at this event, Seller Summit, actually Steve Chu's event, hanging out, just, you know, chilling. And Jeff was there. We actually were right by the ocean, which was cool. And had a couple of drinks just talking and then you brought this guy in that you had met a long time ago and we just did, you know, it just hit it off. It was just a, a great, a great time and it had nothing to do with Amazon really at that time. We were just kind of wow. just riffing, right? It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I was actually speaking with some friends over the 4th of July weekend and they were asking me, you know, with all my travel, you know, if I get sick of it. And I said that I don't get sick of it and the reason why is because – it's the conversation I don't know that I'm going to have yeah. that gets me the most excited. And yeah. it's, it's so things like that where I was supposed to just have a drink with him and then you happen to be there. So we all ended up catching up and yep. Yep. it leads to good things for, for all people. No, absolutely. Love it. Love it. He's a great guy. And, I'm, you know, now, you know, I'm grateful now that I, I get to uh, to hang out with him a little bit virtually and, uh, and who knows in the future, uh, maybe even again, uh, we'll have a, you know, in-person chat, but just a great guy and someone that I think uh, myself personally, I'll be following because he's just an energized, you know, he's just energized like I am, yeah. but just, he's just a great guy through and through. So anyway, um, wanted to have you back on because we haven't really had you back on since we talked about this whole pay-per-click thing. And, uh, you know, we did a whole series. I mean, Chris and I jumped on, you guys uh, opened, you kind of kicked it off with our Facebook lives, you and Brandon that is, and we did a whole pay-per-click training and there's been a lot of things that have happened since then as far as just people getting started in this pay-per-click world, sponsored product ads that is. And, uh, you know, I just kind of want to have you back on and kind of go through some of those things that you're seeing that people are either making mistakes or they're just not clear on. And I wanted to cover those so this way here we can help people not make these mistakes and kind of have a better chance of succeeding when they get started in the sponsored product ads. So. That's really what I want to dig into today. So where do you want to start, buddy? Yeah, I think the the best place to start is is um, so originally when we talked about this, we had the idea of like, let's talk about getting started. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, is that um, most sellers are not getting started. <clears throat> They've already done sponsored ads in some way, shape or form. Yep. So they're either restarting a campaign or they're going into a campaign to try to figure out how to optimize it. Yeah. So I don't want to alienate the people that have never done sponsored ads because yeah. I think this information still helps them. But there's a lot of people who are kind of like, um, we get the question a lot. Okay, I signed up for Ignite. It's not working. Mm. Um, and and typically when we're able to dig into people's accounts, we we see a couple of things that uh, that – all sellers should be aware of. So the first one is structure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think the statement that Brandon used was, you know, structure is 10% of your campaign, but it's where you want to spend 90% of your time. Because yeah. if you set up your campaign structure correctly, then everything else is going to kind of flow 
as you move forward. But if you don't set that up correctly, then you you start to create a lot of problems uh, for yourself. And so the easiest campaign structure to explain is a single ASIN structure. So yeah. you have a campaign and you have ad groups, right? And, and we're not going to get into all the hairy details of these, but we can right. refer people back to, to the training that we did. Yep. And you want a single ASIN to a campaign. And the reason why you want that is because you want to control your budget at the campaign level. Right. And what we've seen with a lot of sellers is they're coming into this and they're trying to sell similar products in the same campaign. Um, I've even seen a few issues with variations. So let's kind of talk about that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Had a, had a seller who had uh, two parent products and then three variations for each product. But the variation was a size variation. So mm. it was a, a two pack, six pack, 12 pack, 24 pack. Okay. And so my initial inclination was to put all of the variations into one campaign, but I quickly went back and, and reassessed my suggestion. And now they're only running their campaign for the six pack. Okay. And the reason why, so when you have variations by package size, the reason why you want to pick one variation to run your campaign against is that when we were running the 24 pack, their ads were showing up for a $96 product. Mm, okay. And so their ability to create a conversion for a $96 product is a lot harder than their ability to create a conversion for a $23.95 product. Mm. And so when you're thinking of variations, it there's a tendency to want to put everything into a campaign. But what you really want to do is kind of put the information into the campaign that's going to best lead to a conversion. So let's look at color variations. Yeah, that's a good let's, one. Yeah. Let's say you have a product with 15 colors. Yeah. Maybe you only run your sponsored ad for your top three selling colors. That makes sense. But here, here's the, here's the question though on that. If, if, um, if you're, if you're launching the product, how do you know what is the the top seller? Is it is it that you are going to uh, are you going to look at your competitors and what they're doing, or are you going to then run all three and then see which one is the winner? So you could run all three and see which one is the winner. That's definitely you know I think that's what Chris would suggest, right? Yep. It's all about it's all about trial. Yep. Um, you could also look at your competitors and use that as kind of an art part of this, right? Because right. because we talked earlier about how this is art and science. Yep. But Think about what I want sellers to really think about is what you're trying to do. And what you're trying to do is maximize your impressions, right? So you want to get the most number of impressions possible. And then you want to maximize your sales. And the data in between those two points is what you're going to end up making your decisions on. Mm -hmm. And so if you start adding too many products you're giving Amazon the ability, if you have all these products in one campaign, you're giving Amazon the ability to, to then decide which product is being shown with which ad. No, that, and, and that makes, that makes sense. But like, okay, so, cause people will get overwhelmed with, with this part of it. And, and this is just from, you know, feedback that I've gotten from, yeah. from people that are just starting, right? Or people that I'm, I'm saying not starting selling, but starting to really get serious about pay-per-click. 
And it's yeah. like, you know, okay, so I've got this one campaign. And just to kind of give that structure a little bit more detail. So we're talking about you have a main level campaign for the garlic press, but you have different colors of the garlic press. And let's just say that we start with the silver one because we think that that's going to be the one that people are going to be looking for, the stainless steel one. And so we set that up and we're going to have, and if, whether we're using Ignite or not, we're going to set it up this way. It just, it just happens that Ignite automates this and makes it really super simple to set up because you click a button and it makes these three campaigns for you. So we have a broad, we have a phrase, and we have an exact. Basically three different buckets under one main campaign. And then from there... We're going to usually start with the broad and then from there we're going to be able to see, okay, or if you're using Ignite, it's going to show you what is, you know, converting, what isn't. It's going to give you suggestions and then it's going to start to move those into different buckets depending on the data. But let's not even take it that far yet. Let's just say we're, say we're still at the broad level and like you're saying, now we've got three variations in there. And what, if what I'm hearing right is you're saying then keep those three variations under the same campaign. Is this correct? Yeah, because if you spread them out across three different campaigns, yep. your campaigns will actually um, you, you, you don't compete each other. You don't compete against each other with bids, but you do start to compete against each other with impressions. Mm. And so that's another big mistake that a lot of sellers make is that they they start stealing impressions from themselves gotcha. and they're not able to get enough data within any subset to make a qualified decision. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, and I, I agree a hundred percent, try to keep it. To me, I like, I look at it as like keeping things clean, keeping them organized. It's easier to manage all of that stuff. Um, but like you said, if you start spreading them out into different campaigns, they're separate in a sense. And then like you said, you're not competing necessarily, but you are going to start taking away impressions um, from those other, those other SKUs. I always like to, to start it out like simple, right? Like, so yes, you might have three different variations of three different colors. Um, but again, you have to start somewhere with some type of direction. Um, I personally, this is just me personally, doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Um, I would try to find the one that I felt was going to be the top seller. The other ones I'm carrying just because I know other people are going to want those choices. Um, but again, I could be talking to Chris right now and he could say, well, let's just run those all three together and see what the, you know, what the data says. And I get it. Um, I've done it both ways um, and both of them work. It's just when I have that idea that I know the stainless steel one is going to be probably the top seller because that's what I've done all my research on. That's usually the one I'm going to want to drive sales. I want to start ranking because the one thing is if I start ranking, then it's going to expose myself to the red and the blue and the yellow. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you want is you want your buyers to see the choice. That's the whole point of variations is right. for your buyers to see options once they get to the product detail page. Mm. And so, you know, the odds of somebody typing. Now, if you had a stainless steel garlic press and a plastic garlic press, yeah. that is an instance where you probably would want to have two separate campaigns. Agreed, yeah. And But if you have a a stainless steel garlic press and then maybe a powder coated stainless steel garlic press. Yeah. There's still stainless steel garlic presses. Right, right, right. right. And, and, and so the product the customer is looking for is still the same. Yeah. And, and, and therefore then you want them in the same campaign and that's the easiest way to kind of describe it uh, to, to a, to a seller. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, Hey, quick, I, I've got a, I've got a, a question for you. Um, and it's actually something we're working on right now. And we're, and we're kind of like hitting our head against the wall. And so I'm, I'm just curious, this is totally random too, by the way, this is like you and I sitting 
at that table having that beer yeah, looking at the you're ocean. You're gonna try to you're gonna try to stump me. I'm not gonna try to stump. I'm not. I'm really not gonna do that. <laughs> but um, it could. But I, I'm just curious your your thoughts on this. Um, you know, we've got three products which we're tar- targeting pretty much the same keyword in a sense, right? The same buyer, the same keyword, and everything. Same category. These these uh, these products are in, and it's crazy because. I went aggressive and I said, you know what, I'm going to bid up to $5 just to really see the data quick. And I did this on all three of these. Now, you would say, okay, well, you did that. They're not all going to show up at once because, you know, you're in the same category, you have the same kind of budget and this, that. And and I'm okay with that. So I I was able to get sponsored product ads page one, okay? I was able to get my my product on, on the first position. And I didn't spend $5, by the way, either. I think we only spent like maybe 2 or maybe $1.75, something like that. But um, the crazy thing is, is that I said, okay, let me see if I can get product B to do the same thing. Not a variation. It's a separate product. Right. Same kind of keywords in the back end, same kind of, you know, optimization. Did the same exact thing. And I can't get that to rank on page one and sponsor product ads. Any thoughts on that? And the campaigns are running. It could be. So I met a guy at Amazon. Um, I was at the FBA Boost yeah. conference up in New York a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and I was able to sit down with a bunch of the people on the sponsored product ad team. Yeah, and one of the one of the automatic assumptions that sellers make is to lower their bid to maximize ACOS. Mm-hmm. And what you did is actually exactly what he recommended, oh. which is that before you lower your bid, you raise your bid. Mm-hmm. And the the logic behind it is that search position drives conversion. Mm. And, and, and so I think there's one of two things. One would be that for some reason, Amazon just isn't seeing you as being relevant for that term. Mm. Or two, you need to raise your bid even more. Yeah, and, and that, that was my next move, actually. I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go $10 a click just to, yeah. just to see what the heck happens. And I, I mean, literally, Jeff, we did this and like within – well, I, I did it in the, the first part of it. I was like only bidding like, I don't know, $0.50 cents or $0.75. Cents, and I was going really non-aggressive. And then I said, I'm going to go aggressive here and I'm going to just see where I, what it's going to take me to rank – in sponsored product ads. And for people listening, I'm not talking about organically. I'm talking about in the sponsored product ads positioning, how long it will take. And literally, I, I kept my eye on it for the, you know, the next hour. And within 20 minutes, I was there. So it literally happened that fast. But going back, I said, okay, now let me pause that. So I'm not competing against myself, even if that's a chance that that's happening. And let me go ahead and do the same exact thing with a similar product that I want to do the exact same thing for. And I did it and it, it wasn't the same. And yeah, so it's weird. Amazon uses word vectors to determine products and relevance okay. more than just the titles and such that mm-hmm. are there. And it, it, it could be it could be a number of things. And I sure. think that was the that was what what this guy from Amazon and I were talking about was that Amazon is this kind of black hole. So you yeah. don't know when you're bidding what bid position you're in. You know that in Google. Yeah. Um, and what I kind of took away from him was that suggested bid is kind of the, the mean. Um, and, and so when you are bidding the suggested bid, you're bidding somewhere in like the five to seven range mm-hmm. for that product. Yeah. And so what you did was you went for the, the extreme. Yep. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a tactic that sellers have to experiment with mm. to, to see, because there's a lot of things at play within sponsored ads. So let's say, for instance, 
you did that and you were actually doing that not to just get data, but you were doing that to you were doing that to actually generate sales. Yeah. Well, let's say you had a you're at five dollars a click. Let's say you had a hundred dollar per day budget. Yeah. Um, and you were actually paying five dollars a click. Your budget's not going to last that long. No. So. I might be winning the second or the third or the fifth position, but as the day goes on, your budget, Amazon's looking to serve your budget, right? That's their goal. Their goal is to maximize your budget, generate sales for you so you keep spending more. Right. The budgets are changing throughout the day, and mm. therefore the availability of positions are changing throughout the day. Now, we're getting into some really kind of complicated stuff for sellers to kind of think about. Yeah. But you have to kind of understand how the bidding system on Amazon works. And I am not claiming to know that, right? So I just want to be very clear because nobody really knows how that works. Right. But I think what's important to take away is that there are a lot of factors that go into play that's going to determine your position and your bid. And so there's a couple of things that I do differently now than what I did even three or four months ago as I've learned more. So one is I now have a very low um, auto-targeted campaign. Mm -hmm. um, for a while, we were kind of recommending not to do that. Yep. So I have an auto-targeted campaign that runs at 50 cents. Yep. And the, the purpose of that campaign is when you look in your search term report, you see ASINs. Yes. And That's a good that, question too. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I got a question on that. Keep going. And so <laughs> when you see an ASIN, that means that you're showing up on a product detail page for your competitor. Mm. And if you scroll down on the product detail page, you'll see um, a row of products in it and it says sponsored ads. Yes. I want to show up in as many of those locations as possible for as cheap as possible. Right. And so that's why I continue to run that auto campaign because that's the only way to do it. Well, and that's the that's the question I had because I had a, a question come in. Actually, I answered it, um, and uh, it was on that. It was like I pulled my search term report. I see these ASINs coming up. Should I be targeting these ASINs? And my my you know my uh, suggestion was no because number one, it's against terms of service. At least that I know of. You can't go in there and directly. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. I mean, I don't believe you can take an ASIN and then use that to target as a keyword. But doing what you're doing, Amazon is technically doing it, so you're in the okay because they're then putting you on those pages, and that's why it's being pulled up. Is that correct? Yeah, Amazon is the Amazon sponsored ads is the only place where you can attack your competitor by brand name or by showing up on their product detail page. So you're correct. I cannot create a keyword that is that ASIN, um, I can only do it through auto-targeting camp campaigns, Right. but Amazon will allow me to compete against my competitors using auto-targeted campaigns. Now, we're pretty experienced Amazon sellers, so the majority of time that we go to Amazon, we actually go to Amazon and we do our search. Mm -hmm. Have you ever gone to Google and followed a link from Google into Amazon? Yeah, I have actually. So it's a totally different user experience, yeah. right? You get you get either ads or product placements on the top of the page. Right. And so as a as a seller, we have to be thinking of all of the different ways that people are using and getting to Amazon. And this is just kind of taking advantage of some of the tools that Amazon's allowing us to do. Mm. Now, auto-targeted campaigns still need to be um, profitable mm. for you. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that you do these. At, a, at an unprofitable level. 
But what happens is, is let's say you're in a very competitive term where you have to pay $5 a click. You might be able to actually get a few through this auto-targeted campaign at like 50 or 25 cents a click. Mm. That's going to really help your ACOS because you only need, you know, you need, you can give up a lot more clicks before that conversion than you can at $5 a click. And yeah. so sellers have to kind of be thinking of this, this hybrid approach. So to kind of recap these two suggestions, one is to run an auto-targeted campaign at a really low click. Um, you know, do what you're comfortable with, 25 cents, 50 cents. I don't know that I would go much higher than 50 cents. Mm. And you're looking for data in this campaign, but you're really looking to just get some low-hanging fruit yeah. that could be some opportunities by showing up in your, on your product, on your competitor's product detail page. Um, and, and the other suggestion is that when, when your ACOS, when your advertising cost of sale looks a little out of whack, meaning that you're shooting for 25, 30, 35% and you're at 65%, don't automatically assume that the answer is to lower your bid. Now I said to the guy at Amazon, this works to your advantage for you to recommend this to me, mm, <laughs> right? Right, right, right. Like, Spend more money. Right. Your, your recommendation to do this is to spend more money. And his response made a lot of sense. He goes, he said, think about, think about how you look at organic sales. Mm -hmm. We want to be in position one over position three. We want position three over position five. We need to look at sponsored ads as the same way. If you can get into the first three positions, your ability to drive clicks and conversions is significantly greater yeah. than if you're in position 15 on the page. Yeah. And so if you're able to raise your bid in some incremental amount, you might actually be able to lower your ACOS. And so this is where it really becomes an art because the science side, Brandon would tell you that the mathematics tell you to lower your bid to make your ACOS work. But mm. when you lower your bid, you actually change your bid position mm -hmm. and you might kind of regress a little bit before you actually improve. Yeah. So as a seller, sponsored ads is not the simplest, right? Like it's not the simplest thing that we'll do. Um, and it does require a little bit of kind of thinking of what your strategy and what you want your strategy to be. And these are, let's just be honest, these are advanced tactics, right? Mm -hmm. So you can do a much more simplified approach to how you manage sponsored ads, get it up and running, get your suggestions from a tool like Ignite, make some changes, you know, be very happy that you're hitting your target ACOS um, and just to continue to kind of rock and roll for, for lack of a better term. But if you want to kind of dig into this deeper and you want to find a way to drive more sales, these are the things you have to kind of think about and the in the places you need to kind of play. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I mean, ACOS to me in the beginning when I'm launching isn't as important, to be honest with you. Um, yep. And I know for a lot of people it is because you're looking at profitability right out of the gate. Um, I'm looking at, well, let's see, you know, a year ago we would spend $1,500 easy on launching a product and that's with you know a launch service or you know giving away your units FBA fees um, you know not even making any money on your on your units at all and we were okay with that but when we say we're willing to spend $1,500 on sponsored product ads and not really be profitable we're like whoa wait a minute I don't want to be I don't want to do that I, I want to be profitable <laughs> but the thing is is to me and this is just my you know my take on it is 
Number one, it's going to get me exposure like immediately. So I can start driving sales, which then will help me start to rank. I also have a, a, a hunch. I don't know, Jeff, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? If I'm spending money with Amazon consistently, do you think that they're going to give me any extra love when it comes to ranking or any other maybe visibility? Do you think there's any, anything? and I know this is like speculation, but let's just, let's go there for a second. Is there, do, do you think that that's, I mean, I've got a buddy of mine, uh, Dom Sugar, I've had him on the show. That's his whole thing. He's like, if I spend money now, I'm going to show them that I've, I've really invested in that. They're going to also help me start to rank for those keywords. Yes, they want me to be profitable. And yes, they want me to see conversions. But they're also going to look at that I'm spending something. What's your thoughts on that? So I remember this conversation coming up 10 years ago in the Google world, right? Yep. That you would you would cut back your Google AdWords spending and then you would see a change in your um, organic ranking and you would automatically assume that the one is connected to the other. I have to, so there's one side, there's the conspiracy side of me that says, of course that makes a lot of sense. Why wouldn't it yeah. work like that? And then there's the other side of me that says that's nothing but trouble if that ever comes out. Mm. And you know, one of the things that Amazon and, and Amazon and Google, look at the number of employees that they've had over the history of their companies, right? These yeah. are 20 year old companies. Right, right. I have to believe if they were doing something like that, something would have leaked in some way, shape, or form mm. by now that would give people the impression. I mean, we still have never heard anything from Google that that, that that has happened. And they've had so many employees go through their system. Um, it's just hard to believe that that would be there, but I have also been known to be naive at times. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not saying that's hundred percent, but the algorithm is so complex, right? There's so many different factors that go into it. Is one of them pay-per-click spend at all? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's it. I, I do know this. Um, I forget who I was talking to. I was talking to someone recently and they spend a ton of money. Uh, oh, I know it was, um, I, I had him on Jason Bear. He was at Seller Summit. I don't know if you met Jason. Uh, great, yes. great guy. Runs a, a, a massive company, um, and uh, you know helps manage a, a massive company, Fortune 500 company. And you know after they were spending a ton of money, not even necessarily being profitable, like spending a lot of money, they had a, they got a phone call from Amazon and one of their sponsored product ads, like uh, you know I guess uh, agents or whatever, they wanted to assign them their own you know pay per click guy to help them manage it because they're spending so much money. Yep. So, uh, you know, I mean, that makes me think then you're noticed, you know, you're noticed that you're spending money. Does that play into the algorithm? I don't know. But, you know, again, it's speculation. I'm just it's a great. It's a great debate that'll that'll probably never be answered. No. And, you know, I think that if you are driving, listen, I think Amazon, Amazon has been very clear about one thing through their history. Right. And and we and you talk about it and and I talk about it. We both share it from stage. Sales drives rank. Yep. And so and, and and I think there are a lot of other things that that go into that rank inventory availability, your history as a seller. But ultimately, if your product is selling and people like the product that they're buying, your rank improves. Um, and, you know, could could using sponsored ads have some part of that factor? Maybe, but if it does, is it a big part? No, because 
for how long have we been not running sponsored ads and we've been ranking our products? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's not it's not a requirement of the system, um, but it, it it's a requirement of the system today because if you're not there, your sales are going to other people mm-hmm. and Amazon is giving away more and more of their real estate to sponsored ads, making it harder and harder for you because position one isn't position one. Mm. Position one is actually position four. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because the first three are sponsored ads. Right. So so you're already at a disadvantage if you're only ranking organically from the get go. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, you know, again, I think sales are a a huge factor. And then, you know, running sponsored product ads, you are doing that to get sales. But I guess my point was, is even though I'm not profitable on on the the ACOS, I'm showing love. Yeah, I'm I'm showing love. But then also. I believe then, uh, you know, because people don't take this into consideration. They only look at the ACOS. They go, okay, you know, I spent this. I brought in this many sales. My ACOS is terrible. But they don't see how many organic sales. They don't figure that into the equation. Did that help you rank organically somewhere? And if it did, we are not figuring that into our ACOS. I guess yeah, that, so that that's, that's called the halo. That's getting a lot more conversation lately. It's called the halo effect, right? So for people that don't understand um, marketing and don't have a marketing background, the halo effect is when something occurs today and you benefit from it in the future, mm. right? And so it's been proven that um, a bump in your sales from sponsored ads or from a, a lightning deal or a prime day deal or something like that will lead to future sales. Now those future sales occur for a couple of reasons. One, your organic rank improves. And so you could track that with a tool like Scope or you can track that manually and you can start to see on your keywords and and we're gonna get back to keywords here in a minute, but you can see on your main keywords, um, is your position improving? And, And then if you're seeing that your main position is improving on your keywords, that is then driving your future organic sales. So in a, in a closed box environment, you, you, you know, your baseline of sales. So let's say you're selling, um, five garlic presses per day. You start running sponsored ads and you start averaging three sales a day with sponsored ads. Mm -hmm. So now you're selling eight, but then you start to see your organic rank improve. So you actually start selling 10 a day. Mm, yeah. So your organic sales have now gone from five to seven. And so what you're talking about is the halo effect. Theoretically, if I turn my sponsored ads off, do I maintain seven organic sales a day? Or how am I giving credit to those two new organic sales to the sponsored sales that are helping me get that extra boost. Mm. Yeah. And and that's what a seller that that is really trying to look at all of the numbers is saying is, okay, I'm averaging three a day. I started running or I oh, let's use the same numbers. I'm averaging five a day. I started running sponsored ads. I'm now averaging, you know, organically seven a day. Those extra two sales are somewhat attributable, not Mm -hmm. 100%, but Mm -hmm. somewhat attributable to the fact that you're running those sponsored ads. So in addition to the profitability from those three sponsored ad sales, you have some profit from those two additional organic sales that need to be 
um, that need to be thought about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's one of those things. It's it's hard to calculate, but that's why. I mean, for me, I always kind of go back to the grand opening of a store, right? I mean, you have to allow a budget to be able to you know promote your stuff, and you know, like you know, back in the day, what eight months ago, a year ago, you know, <laughs> you know, it or was yesterday, or, or yesterday, it was it was kind of like, well, you could just go to a group that you know people are you know willing to you know buy your product in exchange for a review like that was the that was okay you know like it was it was fine um you know now it's like we'll either build your own launch list which we're a fan of um or and i should say and then run you know sponsor product ads like that's the formula and obviously finding products that are not like overly competitive because then you just have to have deeper pockets and you have to have you know just a longer runway um you know in order to do that um absolutely yeah so okay so let's kind of get back to um is there any other like mistakes that you've been seeing since kind of doing this and i love it that you brought up like the auto campaign too just to kind of go back to that really quickly um you know because you know i used to say like that was the way i would start so i could start collecting the data after i talked to you and brandon you got me rethinking it i'm like okay maybe the manual is better but then i still would use the auto but i would use the auto to kind of clean up or or kind of find the low-hanging fruit and that would be just a and i still do it i, I have a budget of maybe like 10 or 15 dollars a day at like 50 or 30 cents a click and I'm, I'm getting impressions every day i'm getting clicks and i'm getting some sales it's not crazy numbers but it's there and it's stuff i wouldn't have had if i didn't do it and i'm not paying a lot for it so it just makes sense. But um, anyway, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about and anything else that you see um, or that you've seen that we could kind of bring to the surface and, and help people uh, so this way here they don't make these mistakes or they have a little bit better uh, a vision moving forward. Yeah, let's go back to keywords. Okay. Um, I know we spent a lot of time on this. I think you did a whole Facebook Live just on this. It's in your, in your little mini course. Yeah. That's at, uh, I'll, I'll just give the link to that. It's theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. If you go to that, you'll have all the training there. Um, Jeff and Brandon were on the first session and then Chris and I did uh, a session every single day for that whole week. It's all recorded. It's up there um, and you guys can check that out. So uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. So go ahead, Jeff. Okay. So keywords. Yeah. Keywords are just to keep everybody on the same page. Keywords are terms that you tell Amazon are important to your product. Yeah. Search terms are the terms that a user is searching for. Yep. So the keyword is garlic press and the search term is stainless steel garlic press. Yes. And so in a broad campaign, Amazon sees that you want to have your ad served for the term garlic press and the user types in stainless steel garlic press. So Amazon is going to serve your ad to uh, to connect the two. Yes. Now, one of the biggest complaints that we get from people who say there's two complaints that we get from Ignite. And, you know, I'm an honest guy. So I'm going to tell you what those complaints are. Number one is that I guess they both work around the idea that Ignite is not working. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And and the two biggest issues that we see is one um, keywords and two suggestions. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk about keywords right now and then we'll talk about suggestions. And I'll tell you about an update that we just made that I, I know you'll be excited about. Cool. With keywords, you have if you so we talked about campaign structure and setting up your uh, campaigns, your ad, your ad groups and such. The keywords is the next biggest part of that. And it's really important that you have keywords that 
describe your product. And so sellers make two mistakes. They're either too generic yep. or they're too, they're too specific and they start to create what we call overlapping keywords. Mm. So too generic. Too generic for the, the for a garlic press would be the word garlic. Right. Okay, so if I'm just using the word garlic, I'm way too generic. And it kind of seems simple, but it's a mistake that a lot of people make. Mm. They'll just they'll just have the word garlic and they'll have the word press. And they're looking for Amazon to create those two. And so what happens is, is that they start a campaign. Um, it's for garlic press. They Their keywords are garlic and press. And they come in the next day and they say, I have a whole bunch of impressions, but I have no clicks. Yeah. But then you go into your search term report and what you're going to see is that when you look for garlic, you're going to see garlic juice. You're going right. to, you know, you're going to see a bunch of terms that just don't describe what your product does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you need to come up with keywords that actually describe what your product does, but then you don't want those keywords to overlap. Yep. So let me explain that. So, so garlic press describes what my product does. But stainless steel garlic press isn't necessary because Amazon will use the word garlic press and add stainless steel in a broad term. Right. And so if I have a keyword of garlic press and a keyword of stainless steel garlic press, then what's going to happen is is I'm actually going to – I like to use the word steel but essentially overlap my impressions and – Garlic press is still going to show for stainless steel garlic press, but stainless steel garlic press is also going to show for that term. And I'm not going to get enough data to determine whether to move that to a phrase or an exact match. Mm-hmm. And one another mistake that I see sellers make, I was using the word garlic and press. We'll see a seller actually use the word stainless steel as their as their seed keyword. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I walked, you know, I, I walked into an account. I was trying to help them out, and this is exactly what I saw. If I was using garlic press as the example and not their product, but their keywords would have been garlic press, stainless, and steel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they were getting a ton of impressions. Now, typically, what happens in Amazon is you're going to get a lot of impressions in the first day or two, and then you're going to see nothing mm-hmm. because Amazon's going to is going to say there's not any relevance for what's going on. And so you really have to either use a tool like like Scope, um, you know, Ignite makes some keyword suggestions. It doesn't require a Scope suggestion, uh, a Scope subscription, or just use you know your own common sense and get your keywords to actually describe your product, but not um, overlap. So not overlap. So I can use the word garlic press, and I can use the word garlic mincer. Mm. Okay, and that's not overlapping keywords, but the only way for me to have done that with Amazon would have been to use the word garlic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So for my C, I think you guys call them seed keywords. Yep. I would want to call it garlic press, garlic mincer, you know, and then I've got two seed keywords that are going to give me all of the variations that I would want. And, you know, I people like numbers. So, you know, 
look for look for 10 to 15 of these words that describe your product. But if you only have four, then that's okay. And if you have 25, that's okay. But if you look at those keywords and they are clearly overlapping, then you're, you, you want to kind of pick one and you want to pick the one that's the most broad. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So garlic press, stainless steel, garlic press, the most broad is garlic press. I don't need to use stainless steel, garlic press. Okay. So let's, let's kind of work on that then really quickly. So if someone, if someone's going after garlic press, but they have a, they want stainless steel in there. Okay. But they want garlic press as their seed keyword. So if what I'm hearing correctly is you're saying then use garlic press and then how would you get stainless steel in there if you didn't repeat garlic press? So I would make a, for that, I would maybe make a phrase. Okay. And use stainless steel garlic press in my phrase. I so maybe your phrases my- would be like the extenders in a sense. Yes. And but if you did something like okay, so we're going to use garlic press, then you do garlic mincer, you do garlic bag, you do all those things. But anytime you want to go off of garlic press, you're going to put that into a phrase. Right. Or what I might also do is I might do a campaign negative keyword. Okay. For what my product is not. Gotcha. gotcha. So I might use the word plastic. Gotcha. Or, or something like that. I got you. But, I, but, what, but what I don't want is I don't want to try to guess every term that a user is going to use. So when I create my listing, I want to think of every term that a user is going to use to find my listing. Uh-huh. Food, food grade, gar- stainless steel, garlic press, right? Because now I want to write into my product description to use those terms. In sponsored ads, I don't want to do that. I want to let Amazon and their amazing algorithm determine what key because I don't know what people are searching for. Right. So so the more broad that I am, the more data that I get. In an ideal world, when I log into um, and look at my sponsored product data, I want to see a keyword. And then next to the keyword is a number. And that number is the number of search terms. I want to see that number be as big as possible. Absolutely. Because that means that I'm giving Amazon a broad term that describes my product enough and I'm getting all of the users actual search terms. Now, when you look at a search term report, you're typically going to find that there's probably like five or six of those that actually have any real volume. Mm. Um, And then those are the ones that you want to start focusing in on as you go to phrase and exact. Now, if you set it up that way, remember that you want to make sure that your bids are slightly different so that Amazon knows which ad to serve. Um, Because if they're in the same campaign and and doing broad phrase and exact from an ad group perspective, um, and they all have the same bid, then Amazon's gonna kind of pick which one it wants to serve. But so you wanna have your your exact phrase have a little bit of a higher bid than than, um, your, your exact have a higher bid than your phrase and the phrase have a higher bid than broad and then broad have a higher bid than auto target. And then Amazon's gonna know, okay, if they looked for a stainless steel food grade garlic press and I happen to have that in my exact, it's gonna serve that ad because that's the one that they're gonna make the most money on and I know that, and that's the one I'm willing to pay the most on because that's the term that's done the best for me. Mm 
Um, but I want to get myself to that. I don't want to guess as to what all of that is. Yeah. And I know we talked about this with, uh, with Brandon and I know he has a little bit of a different, uh, take and so does Chris. And I know you probably do as well. It's like, and I know the big question people always want to know is like, what is the number that I need to hit before I move that to a phrase (laughs) or an exact, right? And I I mean, I think honestly, from what you're saying, like right here is if you know, that, uh, I don't know, garlic press, uh, you know, mincer is, is going to be a, a phrase. You almost, you can put that almost in the phrase to begin with and not even worry about moving it. Cause you know that that's already one of those top keywords or search, search terms. And then from there, you're not repeating that in your broad. Does that make sense? So I would still repeat it in my broad because um, you would, but you'd bid differently. Then. If, yeah. If it, if it's, if it's an, if it's not an overlapping term, I would still, but if it's an overlapping term, then no, I would not put it in my brain. Well, man, that, I, I am saying that it's, it's a, yeah. it's an overlap. So yes. again, we've got, um, we've got garlic press as the main, but I, but I, smart. I yeah, You're smart. Like use your, use your brain. Like, yeah. But, but I mean, but, well, I'm, I'm even, I'm even thinking of this. If I just go to, if I go to uh, Amazon and I'm, I'm going to actually do it right now while we're here live. Um, and we're recording this. If I go there and I go to their search box and I type in garlic and then I put in press, I see garlic press stainless steel is the first suggestion it populates. The next one is garlic press pampered chef, garlic press alpha grillers, garlic presser, and then garlic press um, OXO. So those are some brands. But the first one is garlic press stainless steel. Yep. So I, so what you're saying is, is I'm going to put garlic press in as my broad. I'm not going to put it broad uh, uh, garlic press stainless steel. I'm going to put that to a phrase immediately. Correct. So I'm not overlapping. Correct. Okay, good. I just wanted to be clear on that. And just to kind of break it down for people, um, you know, if now what's your, okay, so if you did that, if we did overlap, kind of repeat why you think that that's a bad thing. Yeah, so let's just use garlic press and garlic presser. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, because garlic press and garlic presser would even be an overlap in the phrase match um, and even possibly in the exact match mm-hmm. um, because it's just a slight variation of the main term. Yeah. And so when Amazon sees in the broad match, when, when Amazon sees you, you looking for the term garlic press and a user types in garlic press stainless steel, they're going to associate that to the campaign that you created because broad is going to put keywords in the front, in the middle, and at the end of the search term of the keyword that you've provided. And so you want to give Amazon the most broad term possible. And if I had the word garlic press and garlic press stainless steel, Amazon isn't necessarily going to determine which one is is better. So let's say there's a thousand searches a day for stainless steel garlic press. Okay. Amazon in my broad campaign might give 500 to garlic press and 500 to stainless steel garlic press. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing with, um, the whole thing with, with Amazon sponsored ads is that you want this data, right? Chris and Brandon will both ultimately agree that the data won't lie if you can get enough data. Yeah. And so you want to set your campaign up in a way to you to where you can get enough data. And so you don't want to do things that kind of hamper your ability to get enough data. And this is one of the things you would do 
that would hamper your data. So if you open up your campaign and you look in your broad and your keywords under broad and you see garlic press, stainless steel garlic press, garlic presser, um, pampered chef garlic press, I would go th- personally, I would go through and I would pause everything but the word garlic press because you'll start to see all of the data that you have and all of those sub keywords and you want to push all of that into garlic press so mm. you have more data in one place to make a better decision. That, that makes total sense because you're kind of dividing up the traffic in a sense or the impressions um, because you're, you're trying to figure out all of those different ones in that one campaign. But what you're saying is if you only have that one uh, you know, seed keyword in a sense in there, it's going to be all the, all of the, all of the budget is going to go be focused more there. And then from there, you're going to be able to see all the data coming from that. Right. And remember, Amazon is a, Amazon sponsored ads is a very complicated algorithm and their goal is to serve an ad that generates a sale. Mm. And so if you start creating keywords because you think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get Uh, somebody that wants a plastic garlic press to buy a stainless steel garlic press and you start driving a whole bunch of impressions that don't drive sales, then ultimately what's going to happen is is that Amazon just looks at the overall account performance, Mm. right? And starts to take that into effect and it makes it harder for you to to rank for your other terms. Right. Um, Because you'll notice whenever you do sponsored ads, that as you make adjustments in your campaign, you get little blips and then they kind of slow themselves down over time because Amazon is kind of a, it's, it's saying, okay, there's something new I need to go look at. Um, now I need to see if they're relevant for this. And once it gets that relevance data, it makes its determination. So if you have a campaign where you have bad keywords, you probably got a lot of impressions over a short period of time and then you've seen nothing. Mm. And that and that's an indication that you need to go in and you need to um, and you need to basically relook at your main keywords. And that that's another area where people kind of make mistakes, especially when they start Ignite, is they come in and they're kind of expecting Ignite to to fix all of their problems. Yeah. And and that's just not a problem Ignite can fix. Right. 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 Because because Ignite is going to look at your data and then it's going to make suggestions based off of the data that you have. Um, but for lack of a better term, garbage in is garbage out. Right. And and so if you're not seeing the results that you want, if you're using a tool like Ignite and you're not seeing the results that you want, you might need to go back to campaign structure or your seed keywords and for lack of a better term, kind of start over. Mm-hmm. and we find with a lot of people that they want to adjust their accounts um, to try to make their accounts work. But if your account is so um, junked up for lack of a better term, you might be better off just kind of pausing that account and starting something totally new so that you can actually set this up correctly and, and have it watched. Now let me give a, a, a warning here because we had a customer, actually I met him at seller summit who came up to me, had this exact same problem. And he said, well, Ignite isn't working. And I went into his campaign and what he had done was he had an existing campaign and he wanted to kind of see how Ignite would work. So he created a new campaign and he was trying to have the Ignite campaign versus his old campaign. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't work because 
you're actually running two campaigns that are now competing against one another. Oh, so he didn't turn the other one off. He didn't turn the other one off. And so I said, I have a really simple suggestion for you. You need to turn the other one off. Yeah. And, and then like three days later he called back and he was like, Oh wow, now everything is, is working. And so if you're going to go through this process, whether you use ignite or not, it doesn't matter. If you're going to go through this process and you're going to reorganize your campaign, you have to turn your old campaign off. Mm. Otherwise you're not going to see a true result of what you need. And some people get so hung up on, I need to keep my data. I need to keep my data, get it right. And then start moving forward. Um, as opposed to, trying to manipulate, you know, the old data becomes worthless once you start changing all this stuff anyway. Yeah. And so that's a, that's something really important for people to understand. It, it's just not something we can fix, right? You've got to have keywords that actually describe your product and, um, and, and are driving, uh, the search terms that you need. Yeah, no. And I, I agree a hundred percent. I think that, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I had this thing running for six months. I've got a ton of data in there, but you know, kind of like the old way, again, going back to the old way was kind of like, you know, scrape, you know, a competitor's listing and then take those keywords and drop them in. And it could be up to a thousand keywords and just do that and, and then see what happens. Kind of like you're throwing mud against the wall and that's kind of changed, right? Like we don't want to do that anymore. We want to be more relevant. And that's why if you do have some of those older accounts, you might want to just, like you said, pause them. You don't have to get rid of them. You just pause them and then start another one. And then that way there, everything is kind of separated and then you can kind of see with using the new strategy and the new plan moving forward, it's gonna take some time though. That's the other thing, right? I mean, I think that's another big one that you guys get asked all the time. It's like, man, it's just taking too long. I want the data. And it's like, you have to be patient. Like that's a, a big thing for pay-per-click is in any pay-per-click platform is patience. Like you have to have patience, especially in Amazon because some of their results are delayed. Their sales uh, reporting is delayed. Like so you, you got to wait a little bit. You know, it's it, patience I think is, is something that a lot of people aren't willing to do. And I think that you have to, I think the other thing is, is if you, if you want to get data quicker, you got to, you got to bid more, you got to bid more and you got to increase your budget. Like if you're going to increase your budget, increase your bid, you're going to get results quicker as far as the data goes. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's exactly right. And it's something that we hear of a lot of people that they want, you know, they want immediate results from sponsored ads. And you listen, you can get some immediate results from sponsored ads. I'm not saying you can't. It just takes a little while to actually realize those results have occurred because Amazon is delayed in the data that they're providing back to you from a sales perspective. Um, and you have to so you have you have to. What, what I do when I start a new account, what I do is uh, we spend the first couple of days organizing the campaign. We organize it all on paper before we ever do anything um, on the Internet. We, we organize uh, the campaign structure, the main keywords. We then create the campaign. We let that run for three to five days. Wow. Just like we suggest for everybody else. Right, right. right. We then go in and we make tweaks. Now, sometimes our tweaks are okay, we didn't set up the campaign organization correctly because the data is not coming through. We need to change, we need to change keywords. Um, we need to, you know, pull something off into a new, a new campaign, um, or something like that. And so we, we spend the first two to three weeks of launching a new sponsored ad campaign, really trying to kind of, um, start, restop, reevaluate, start again, you know, and, and get data so that we can really be after the first two to three weeks, be ready to kind of 
set it on autopilot. And so you can get sponsored ads to kind of work on autopilot, but you've got to get this organization set up. And so if you sign up for a tool, um, whether it's ours or anybody else's, you can't just expect their tool to fix all of your old mistakes. Right. 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 Like that'd be a really awesome tool if, if we could, if we could make it (laughs) not possible. Um, It's not. And so you have to, you have to, um, you have to kind of evaluate and determine like, is, is the problem right now that I need recommendations and suggestions or is it that I just never set this thing up properly, um, for it to be moving forward. And so, you know, that kind of leads to the second part, which is the recommendations. Mm. Um, but I want to make sure that everyone's kind of clear on, on, we spent a lot of time and people should realize that why it's so important. We spent a lot of time on this talk, talking about campaign organization, and getting your right keywords. Right. And and that is if you have those two things set correctly, that's your big takeaway. If those two things are set correctly, your ability to move forward with everything else becomes infinitely easier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I those are two easy things to do up front that can then help you moving forward and being able to look at the data and, and being able to make the right decisions uh, or even having your tool make the right suggestions. But you, right. you got to have that organization in place. Um, and again, we talked a lot on, uh, well, keywords and ranking and all of that stuff. And we talked, you know, some people are hearing about Ignite. They're like, well, I didn't know what that is. Um, why don't we spend a couple minutes just talking about Ignite and uh and again, if anyone wants to, to check out Ignite, you can go over to my affiliate link, theamazingseller.com forward slash Ignite, and um, you can sign up for a 30-day free trial. Get your data in there. You can start working on campaigns if you want just to see what it does. But why don't you just talk a little bit about, Jeff, about like what the plan was for Ignite when it was created and then what you're looking forward to moving forward with Ignite. Yeah, so the whole purpose of the building of Ignite was to provide sellers with the ability to manage sponsored ads. And most sellers were using, were using uh, Excel spreadsheets to yeah. do this. And you needed kind of uh, an Excel masterclass to really be good <laughs> yeah. at sponsored ads. That is true. So we, want, we wanted to kind of make it for um, either the seller to be able to do or for them to be able to put the system in place for either an employee or a VA to do. Right. And so Ignite is giving you all of the data that comes from sponsored ads, but giving you the ability to one, get recommendations from that data. And I'll tell you about this update here uh, at the end of this. And two, the ability to make changes within our application and push the stuff directly to the Amazon sponsored platform. And then three, one of the things that Amazon doesn't let you do within their own platform for sponsored ads is they don't actually show you profitability at a product level. Mm -hmm. And so we actually aggregate all of that different data and we bring that data together so that you can look at it and you can look at an auto campaign and multiple manual campaigns to then look at the profitability. So I have a, a client right now that, I, that I, I've been working with. They're a national brand, so they're a little bit more recognized. So they actually have a campaign for their brand name. They have a campaign for their competitor's brand name. They have a campaign for their broad phrase and their exact, and then they have an auto campaign. So they have four different campaigns And in Amazon, they would see those all as four different campaigns. But in Ignite, they can actually look at those all collective around the products 
to determine whether the profitability is there uh, collectively. So it's kind of an extra layer of analytics Mm. that you're not able to get through the other platform. But the one thing that we kind of offer that is really kind of exciting and, and sellers seem to really enjoy is what we call our suggestions. Yeah. And our suggestions are really based off of um, a, a few different uh, categories, if you will, or, or suggestion types. So negative keywords. So finding keywords that are not uh, performing um, keywords. So looking at keywords um, that are performing and need to move from broad to phrase to exact um, or bid changes. So keywords that are or are not performing to your ACOS and need their bid changes made. And um, we, our infrastructure for the suggestions was, uh, you know, I'll just say it, it wasn't that great. Um, But if you look in your account now, um, you'll actually see at the campaign level, it'll say, um, it'll, it'll say view all. Uh, view all suggestions and you can actually go in to the ignite suggestions and you can see all of your current suggestions and you can filter them by these different suggestion types and then you can actually do bulk approvals Um, so the bulk approvals don't work for every suggestion type because there's some extra data that's needed for some of the other ones Um, but you can actually if you've got 25 recommendations, you can actually approve all of those recommendations uh, in one click versus what you had to do before, which was go through all 25 of those. Um, And then we use, just so everybody knows, we use this concept of confidence and importance. And so confidence is really easy to describe. Confidence is basically statistical accuracy. Um, And this is, we we, we went really into this in the first podcast that we did on this. So this is kind of going back to the art and science to be statistically accurate. You need a lot of data. And so as you get more and more data, we get more confident in the decisions that we're recommending to you. Um, But some sellers like to make decisions with less data and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just something, a decision you have to make. The second part of it is importance. And that is like, how important is this change over another change that you could be making? And so you can kind of use these. They're little sliders on our on our system that allow you to kind of pick and choose. Um, and so if you were working with like a, a VA, um, or you might say, okay, look in Ignite, find anything with a confidence of uh, you know sixty percent or higher, and auto approve those for me. But anything that's less than sixty percent, I want to look at those myself, right? And so you could have somebody who's coming into Ignite once, twice a week, um, and is kind of making those suggestions and, uh, and approving them for you. Uh, and so it's a much better interface now for you to see all the recommendations that we're making. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, that's actually a really cool update. Um, and I wasn't even, uh, a hundred percent aware of that until I talked to you, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm in my account right now. And uh, in one of them. And uh, yeah, I love that. I mean, now I can bulk approve, which I think that was a great feature um, update because before you had to select them all um, one one by one or, you know, one at a time as you're going down the page. Um, that's a great, uh, a great update. And uh, again, that's something you guys are listening to, right? You, you hear what people are requesting, what they're wanting as you're kind of building this tool, which is, you know, it, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal tool. But now to be able to actually do the bulk 
approve, it makes it even faster to make these adjustments. And once you get a lot of data, like I'm looking at my, I've got like, gosh, there's probably at least 25 or 30 suggestions here. Um, and so after I get off here, I'm going to have to go through and, and see what I want to approve and what I don't want to approve. So I got some work to do. Uh, that's just on one campaign. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, so let's let's wrap this up. Is there any other thing that you wanted to add, whether it's about Ignite or whether it's about, you know, pay-per-click, anything else before we wrap up? I know we went on a little bit longer than we wanted to, and I like to keep these uh, tight. But uh, is there anything else you want to add, Jeff? Yeah, I just want to add very similar to what you just said. You know, contact us, um, preferably through the website. It's kind of hard to have full conversations on Facebook about your campaign. Um, through our website, sellerlabs.com slash contact, um, or just the sellerlabs.com and click the contact button. We love to hear from you. Um, as Chris and Scott both know, we drive most all of our innovation through customer suggestions. Yeah. So the more that we're hearing from you, the more we're going to be driving, um, we're going to be driving those changes. And so as we hear kind of what your challenges are, um, what you like, what you don't like, that's going to drive what is added to the platform. And I can tell you that there's more coming. I don't want to make promises, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Smart man. There's, a, there's a lot more, there's a lot more coming and, uh, you know, this product is still at its infancy. And so there's still a lot of um, opportunities for us to add a lot of improvement to you and your campaigns. If you used Ignite in the past and you didn't find a lot of value from it and you want to reuse it again, you know, reach out to us and, um, and, and, and and let us know because, you know, you might say like, OK, well, I didn't see how suggestions worked, but now I want to, you know, give it a try again. Reach out to us and let us know because, you know, we we understand that this product is new. It's evolving. It's changing fast. And um, and, and we want to give you opportunities to use it as well as, you know, um, keep making improvements to, to what the customers are looking for. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And I appreciate that. You guys have been really good. And I mean, customer service has been always on point and, uh, you know, and, and whether, you know, you, you use it or not, um, I wanted to have you back on today to really go through some of these things that people are struggling with and also just kind of recap some of those issues that we think that people get hung up on because it can be confusing. And we did talk a little bit deeper on some of these topics, but I think it's, you know, it has to be addressed and there's some people that need that and there's some people that aren't there yet. But just understand, start small, stay organized and then just build from the data. Like I think that's the big, big takeaways here. And uh, you're probably going to want to go back and listen to this again. You're probably going to want to download the show notes, the transcripts and all that stuff because this stuff is always a topic that people want to go back and reference to. So Jeff, I want to thank you again, brother. I know we went on a little bit longer than we had planned, but that's how we roll. That's what we do. Um, when we start talking about this type of stuff, I could I could ask you more questions on other topics, which we'll probably have to have you back on again, and uh, we'll probably have to dig into those because it's always fun uh, riffing back and forth with you. So I want to thank you again, Jeff, for taking time out of your day, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch, brother. Thanks for having me. All right, so there you have it. Another deep dive into the popular topic, sponsored product ads, keyword ranking, and all of that stuff in between. Again, I want to apologize for my audio. Hopefully, it was good enough for you guys to sit through. And uh, again, I think it was a great, great conversation with great content. That's why I didn't want to scrap it and have to do it again. So hopefully, it was cool with you guys. Um, the resources, again, the show notes, the transcripts, they can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 387. And then the resource 
for the pay-per-click as far as training, free training that is, we did a whole week's worth. That can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. And then the last thing I'll remind you is the tool Ignite. If you wanna try that out for 30 days, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash Ignite. And uh, you can go ahead and give it a free test drive. 30 days should give you plenty of time to get stuff rolling. All right, so guys, that is going to officially wrap up this episode. I wanna remind you once again, I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, say it with conviction today. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.